We're going to talk about well, we're going to talk about Canadians' freedoms. We're going to talk about the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and the Notwithstanding Clause and how they all work together. And been a little controversy surrounding all of those topics lately in our country. So what's going on? I mean, the, the Notwithstanding Clause is just always sort of been seen as like this this hammer, right, that the provinces can pull out and use. But what was it designed for? How is it supposed to be used? Are we using it correctly? Do we need to change it? Um, to chat about that, we're going to speak with Aaron Woodrick, who is the director of the McDonald laurier Institute's po- Domestic Policy Program. Uh, Aaron, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Shay. Great to be here. So we've had the Charter of Rights and Freedoms since 1982, and along with it, the Notwithstanding Clause. Now, just just to make this really, how was it supposed to work? What is the purpose of the quote-unquote Notwithstanding Clause? Yeah, really big debate amongst uh, legal nerds here, Shay, amongst whom I, I count myself uh, one of them. So this is a clause. This is in the Charter. It's Section 33 of the Charter. And what it does is it allows governments, the federal government or provincial government, to um, to uh, to pass a law notwithstanding um, a breach uh, of the Charter that's found by a court. So some people, they like to frame this as overriding the Charter. That's one way to look at it. The other way is overriding a particular court's interpretation of the charter. So you can see how those two things are a little bit different in their framing. Um, one is sort of overriding your rights, and then the argument is, well, it's actually overriding what this one court interpreted that right to mean. Um, and of course, this is where we get into this debate over who has the final say over these things. Um, you know, courts uh, obviously face different incentives than governments. But at the same time, as I point out in the piece I recently wrote, courts disagree all the time with themselves. Judges disagree. They're, this is not like doing math. You know, when you're interpreting a right, um, there's subjectivity. And so Section 33 really comes down to a way for governments to say, you know what, uh, we don't actually agree with the way the judge interpreted uh, a particular right in the charter okay so the power is supposed to rest with the provinces then overriding the courts which can override the charter i mean ultimately the final say in this does come down to the provinces yeah, or the federal government. The federal government sure, can use sure. it as well. They've never used it, but it has been provinces. Um, at first, it was Quebec, who never signed uh, signed on to the charter, to be fair. Um, but, of course, recently we've seen it used in Saskatchewan and Ontario. Certainly, the, the, the issue of constitutionality is, has been raised in Alberta recently, right, mm-hmm, with absolutely promises. So uh, I, I think what, what this debate has reopened is, you know, on the one side, people say, well, what's the point of having rights that are untouchable? You know, the whole idea of a charter, right, is that, well, you know, governments can't yeah. override rights of minorities, for example. But on the flip side, there's the issue of courts then have a lot of power, and if governments don't have a way to push back, it actually allows courts to sort of expand their um, their sphere of influence, and it limits governments and what they can do, and that's a problem from a democratic standpoint. So this is a very, a very uh, touchy debate, and uh, I don't know that we're going to get a resolution anytime soon, but it, I, I'm happy people are talking about it, because I think there may be some misconceptions about what was in the charter, what it actually means versus what we'd like it to mean. Right. I think that's a really good uh, point that you're making because, I mean, you know, we have this this charter of rights and freedoms. I think a lot of people think, well, it's in the charter, set in stone. No, 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 no. And, and we're seeing that now, right? I mean, there's a number of ways that these set in stone rights that we have really aren't all that set in stone. 
No, and then there's another way that they're limited, right? Section one in the yep. charter yep. is the is the reasonable limits clause. So this, so there is a, uh, and the reason for this, of course, Shay, is that sometimes rights come into conflict, right? That's what I think this debate is about. It's easy to say something is a right, but when then that right conflicts with something else that is a right, it's up to courts, it's up to governments, it's up to society, sort of wrestle with, well, how do we reconcile these things? There might not be a perfect answer. We have to balance these different rights that are in conflict with each other. And so that's why I, I struggle a bit when people say, well, it's a right. Well, the right, no right is absolute, um, either from the courts or the government's perspective. And uh, it would be nice if we could have a world where we could say, well, this is a right and nothing can touch it. But someone else comes with a right yeah. that's equally important. You, you've got to find a way through. And so when we got the notwithstanding clause as, as part of the charter, like you say, what was the intent, do you think? I mean, how often was it like a, a method of last resort? Was it supposed to be used as often as we see it? And in some issues that I think people might say, maybe it's a trivial issue or not trivial, but certainly doesn't rise to the level of overriding the charter, you know, to, to prevent people in Ontario from going out on strike, things like that. Like, was there any threshold? Was there any definition given to when and where it should be used? No, and it's interesting. People's view on that tends to fall down on whether they think the clause is a good thing or not, right? People who don't like it, um, they, they, they don't like the fact that it was included as part of the bargain. It's quite clear that this was part of the deal. I mean, we would not have a charter if it were not for Section 33. And interestingly, it wasn't just uh, provincial premiers on one side or the other of the spectrum. There were actually folks on the sort of left and right that were both concerned about courts having too much power. So they insisted on this being in there. In terms of how often it should be used, like people who don't like it, they don't want it to be used ever, or they argue it should be used, you know, in very rare circumstances. And, and you know, with few exceptions, that's been the case. Um, but there is no sort of formal uh, rule about it. It's just sort of this idea that if governments use it in a way that's not appropriate, the public will punish them at election time. That's really the only constraint. Um, and so that's why you're seeing this concern now that, well, if that constraint's gone, governments could use this sort of every day. Um, we haven't reached that point yet. But, um, you know, as they say, the debate continues. Um, does that, I mean, in a way, I understand the thinking around there. That way, if you have courts overriding the charter or you have governments overriding the charter, ultimately, we, the voter, get to hold them accountable, right? If, if, if that's the tool that's being used, they do have to go back to the public and get another mandate. And if we think they've, they've overstepped. So does that give us some control rather than just putting all the control in the courts? Is that part of the thinking? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, the flip there is, of course, uh, you know, the idea of, of constitutional rights of charter rights is about protecting minorities, right? And yeah. Quebec's a good example here, right? Quebec has passed Bill 21. It prohibits uh, people who wear religious uh, symbols from working in the public service. That's clearly an infringement on a right. Quebec used the notwithstanding clause, um, and that government got reelected, right? So you're not you're not seeing that sort of uh, the majority likes something, even if it hurts a minority. Uh, the charter is not helping you if Section 33 is used all the time. But the flip side, I say, is, is in the Ontario's case, you know, the, this was about right to strike, collective bargaining. The, the right to strike, a lot of people won't know, was not a charter right until 2015. The Supreme Court never found that was a charter right. In 2015, they reversed themselves, and then they said, well, now it's a charter right. And so this is where the debate comes, as well. The court said one thing for 33 years and then changed their mind. So is it wrong for the government to say, well, no, you guys actually had it right for the first 33 years, and we disagree with your recent change. That's really what the I think the uh, the the policy debate is about Ontario's recent use of it. And then that goes back again to that conflict that we talked about where, you know, it, these, these rights are not set in stone. And, and there's that concept that, that as we grow and mature as a country, the charter needs to grow and mature. With, it's like a living document, right? I mean, we hear that all the time about all these charters and yeah. constitutions. 
Yeah, there's a there's a famous uh, doctrine of interpreting called the living tree, yeah, right? It's like yeah. you plant a tree and then there's it grows different branches. But I, I guess the metaphor that I use for Section 33 is it's a pair of shears for the government. <laughs> so if the tree kind of gets unwieldy and they think that branch is a little bit out, they can use the shears to trim it back, right? So that's, uh, you know, yes, I, I think there's a fair debate about things change over time, right? Um, if society changes, if new things come, climate change is a good example, right? Not something people were thinking about 40 years ago or years ago when they're shaping these documents. But the flip side is, if, if courts also don't have any limit on what they can do, um, what does that mean in terms of the, the power of the electorate and, and democracy? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and who should have that power? It's interesting. I mean, is this the way it's... In, I mean, we're not talking about making changes here. This is the charter. This is the way that it works. I mean, it's just yeah. trying to get a better understanding of exactly what it is and maybe not putting so much faith in it. Yeah, well, look, I, I, as I say, part of this is some people think it's a debate about what we would like. And, yeah. and part of the argument I'm making is this is what we have. This is what the charge, Section 33 is in the charter. It's there, yeah. it's there right now, whether we like it or not. If we want to get rid of it, well, we'll have to, we'll have to amend the charter. But my point is that that was part of the deal. Um, if we don't like it, we can, we can, you know, pressure governments to change it. But that's what's there right now. And that's what governments have the ability to use. Yeah, Aaron, great conversation. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.